Hey everyone, it's Kara Ward from University Advancement. Giving Day is today, and we'd like to thank our sponsors for giving back with gift cards and food, because who doesn't love gift cards and food? Shout out to the Ant Eatery, Ant Hill Pub and Grill, and the Student Center Food Court for providing the energy for this awesome day. Visit us at givingday.uci.edu to see everything that's happening on campus. Take some pictures and be sure to tag us at hashtag UCI Giving Day. And most importantly, make your gift at givingday.uci.edu. Even $5 makes a huge difference, so participate today. See you all on April 25th. Visit us at givingday.uci.edu. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. Welcome back, everybody, to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You are listening to Theriosity, the only show on these airwaves that dives right into the world of the paranormal, conspiracy, rarities, oddities, and the curious. Today, we are going to be diving more into the oddities and rarities and curious aspect, which I'm usually more on the conspiracy side as that's what you guys tend to like to hear but today we're gonna be diving into the other ones so we're gonna be talking about freak shows kind of the history behind freak shows some famous freak show performers why they became popular in their day and why of course we do not have them anymore (laughs) um although some people would tend to argue that we have them just in a slightly different way So, what is a freak show? A freak show is essentially just an exhibition of biological rarities, or freaks of nature. Um, These are physically unusual humans, and, you know, you know all the popular names, like, oh, world's tallest man, or world's smallest man, you know, fattest man, (laughs) all those things. So it could be by size, or, like, number of limbs, like, oh... You know, this person has four arms or like only one leg or things like that. Um, They also had people with extraordinary diseases and conditions. And a lot of the times it was either just because you look different or because you also had a talent that was weird. So that's like where like sword swallowing and like fire breathing comes in. But it could also just be someone who is, uh, would have been deemed normal, but has like body modifications. So like lots of tattoos or lots of piercings. Those were also in the freak show category. 
So when did these become popular? They became popular in England in the mid-16th century. Um, one popular example that was like very early on was the story of Lazarus and Juan's Baptiste, who were conjoined Italian twins. Um, Lazarus appeared um, to be like your ordinary average man, but he had his twin Joan's uh, dangling from his chest. So, uh, of course, that qualified him to be in the freak show. But when he was not working at the freak show, he actually covered up his twin brother with a coat and, you know, went about his day so that he wouldn't get any, um, you know, people following him around and whatnot. Um, so these freak shows, they were popular in, like, bars and, like, taverns, and then they moved on to, like, fairgrounds and museums and whatnot. So a lot of the times it was, like I said earlier, based on talent, so they would have freaks, but they also breathed fire <laughs> or um, swallowed swords or new magic or things like that, or also if they were musically inclined. So... Just being a normal band wasn't enough. I guess he had to look weird, too. So, um, in the 18th century, there was a man named Matthias Buschinger who had no arms and no legs, and he was one of the most popular of his time because he did extraordinary magic tricks and played music. So, he was very popular for those reasons. So, this was... It was still, like, not a normal thing to be, to be going on. This wasn't yet, like, oh, like, what the whole town went out to see. But it did become that way in the 19th century. Usually just in England and the United States. And it became really big in the United States. Um, so, like I said earlier, it dwindled from bars, then moved to fairgrounds. And, of course, there's, like, the infamous, like, traveling freak show. And there was, like, circuses, the whole thing. Anywhere they, they could essentially set up posts, they'd be there. And it actually became, um, like, this whole enterprise. And they were really successful financially. And they were organized, like, for profit. And they would make really big profits. Like, B.T. Barnum, who I believe is not around today, but was up until the very recent... Uh, present and those like big name circuses they had freak shows back in their heyday so the ringling brothers bt barnum all those that maybe you guys have seen when you were kids or whatever but they probably did not have the freaks <laughs> or at least in a different way which we'll get into so by the 19th century like um late 1800s this became normal in America because at this time in America, it was normal and important for people to have like leisure. Before then, it was no, like you do your work and then there's no other time in the day. You're either farming or you're working in a factory, you're doing whatever, but you do what you have to do and there's no time left in the day. You go to bed, you wake up, and that's just life. But at this point, people. With the way technology was advancing, and of course there's more people in the world, uh, like food production became easier, so then 
there was all this spare time. And then people found that it was really beneficial to have leisure time. And so that became like an important part of the day. And of course, it was still back in the day. And of course, they had things like sports and like regular music that they could have gone to see. But, you know, everyone wants to see something that they don't see every day. So these freak shows became really big. And it was just socially acceptable. Today, when we think, oh, we're going to go pay to look at people who are disfigured or deformed or have these like abnormalities we think that's that's not right like that's either some sort of abuse like that's wrong but back then it was not seen that way it was just like a normal thing like oh yeah like we don't see these things let's go pay to see them and there was like definitely two sides to the spectrum which I'll try to dive into a little bit later but people like to go, and so you can see how it became really big. And of course, uh, there was like the very popular freak show acts or people. So there's like the Elephant Man, you know, things like that, um, who are people who actually had these like deformities or whatever their like, I guess, gimmick was. But there was also a lot of fake things. So. They could be saying, oh, here's the world's tallest man, but he's secretly wearing stilts. Or world's fattest man, but he has padding underneath his clothes. Or like bearded lady was actually a man. Things like that. But people still like to go see him. Um, and this then transitioned into like circuses and amusement parks. And it also became really big in vaudeville. So it became literally just like a normal part. So who was in these freak shows and who was like controlling the freak shows? So usually it was um, like a entrepreneur businessman who decided to have uh, something he can go out and show everybody. The whole point was to make money. That is... The real point you need to take home here is that it was all for profit. So it was, I mean, you got to understand that back then people, of course, did not have the internet. Um, A lot of people did not attend school. So seeing people from other, even just like other cultures was like a really big shock and really like something that (laughs) they had to go out and pay for. So even like people who would today would not be deemed freaks in any ways were part of the freak show so like just like non-white people or like non-american or european people so like hawaiian people they were in the freak shows because they you know dress differently and they look differently they talked a different language so you can pay and they would just have like a hawaiian person <laughs> like go up and like be there and that was also like with inuit people And, of course, people from all over Africa that they would just, like... So, I wouldn't say that they would just take them and they would, like... It was as if they were prisoners. Um, A lot of them were willingly there. It's just... That seemed to be their only option if they wanted to work and make money. So, besides that category of people... There was then people who had, like, birth defects or 
um, genetic defects, things like that. So dwarfs were really popular. Um, that's still like a thing you can see today, like in circuses. Um, and then a lot of the times people with deformities were often linked to animals. So there's like the camel girl and then like the lobster hand man, things like that. So you can see how they were like literally dehumanized, like compared to animals. And... This was seemed, you might think, oh, like, if I was born and I had, I had this deformity or, you know, I had an extra leg or whatever, why would I put myself in that situation where people would essentially come to just gawk at me? For a lot of people at this time, this was like their only option to have a job because if you were a dwarf... You couldn't really do physical labor or no one would want to hire you to do physical labor or to work in a factory or to, you know, you were deemed undesirable, but you could work in a freak show. And if you are talented, um, whether that's like in magic or music, you could make money. And even though it's based off like your disability or something that has kept you down in the past, they could in turn use that for their advantage and sometimes it really worked out that way and they were able to profit a lot off their off their shows but not all the time it depended on like you know their managers their whoever was running that freak show is the whole like political system of the thing but that was essentially why people would would want to be there so who are some, like, very famous uh, freak show people? One it goes by the name of Schlitzy, the last of the Aztecs. And if you watched American Horror Story um, freak show <laughs> accordingly, um, they did have, a, like, someone who was supposed to essentially be Schlitzy. So... Schlitzli, unfortunately, we don't know their actual, like, original birth name. People think it might have been Simon Metz, but, again, it was a long time ago and people didn't always keep records or maybe it was hidden on purpose. So, they were famous for being, like, a pinhead. <laughs> and they were a sideshow performer. Um, and also in movies, when... in Later, in early 20th century, they also transitioned to the movie, and there was the movie Freaks, which had a lot of, <laughs> of course, freak show performers. Um, so, Schlitzy was actually born with a condition known as microcephaly, and that's a developmental disorder which causes the skull and brain to be undersized. So, in my opinion, it doesn't really look like a pin, but I guess that's what they wanted to call it. Um, Schlitzy was also severely mentally disabled, um, which made it, you know, hard for him to speak, but, you know, people thought that was amazing to go watch, so Schlitzy became one of the most famous, um, freak show performers. And, of course, there is a bunch of conjoined twins, Siamese twins, there's Chang and Ang Bunker, who are Siamese twins, connected at the chest, um... And they did things like they played music, 
they were also very smart. They were very educated. Um, and they lived their whole lives connected through the chest. Um, they were joined at the sternum. And, yeah, they started off just as orphans. Because a lot of these people also... at the Back in the day, if you had a child and something was wrong, you there wasn't really much the medical world could do about it. If your twins were conjoined, they would most often pass away very young, even today, um, just because, you know, it's... It, it, it really highly depends, but you understand there's reasons why um, they would pass away. But back then, there was also a much bigger stigma. So it was common for even if your child was born with anything that was kind of off, like, especially in England, it was the thing they would say would be, uh, they would go like, essentially just leave their baby in the woods. And they would say something along the lines of, oh, like, the fairies came and took my baby. And that was just, like, an accepted thing. So at this time, a lot of these people were orphans, obviously. And they were able to, like, escape that sort of life of poverty through this. So you can see how it's kind of controversial about... Yeah, we'll get more into that in a minute. Um, the weird thing about those last two twins that I talked about was they died on January 17th, 1874, but not at the same time. So Chang died of a stroke brought on by pneumonia at some time in the night. And then Aang woke up and discovered his brother the next morning. And then, um, they had called a doctor to perform emergency surgery to separate them but by the time the doctor was able to arrive Aang had already passed away unfortunately another famous freak show person was Frank Lenti he was known as a three-legged man he was born in Sicily in 1881 Francisco Lenti um, he was unique because he had three completely developed legs all working and actually on his third leg he had a small fourth foot attached to his knee and his foot also worked but it was not a full leg so and if you're wondering what it looked like he looked like he had like the normal two legs and just another one coming out the side so they're all kind of equal um and he would perform as well he did a lot of uh Obviously, things that would show off his footwork, so soccer, he would kick balls back and forth to um, the guests who would come to see him and do all sorts of things. Um, he reported, um, like, through his journals and whatnot, that obviously growing up with having a third leg, he was bullied a lot, and he was very depressed that, you know, this was going to keep him down in life, but when he found out that you know, there was the world of, like, freak shows that he finally found a place that it was accepting and, like, almost cool, and he was able to profit off that. Another interesting one that or I find the most interesting is Ella Harper, who was the camel girl, 
And she was like your average girl. <laughs> um, you wouldn't notice anything different about her. Just the fact that her knees also bent forward. So she could walk around normally and you wouldn't know any different. But when she bent her knees forward, she could like walk on all fours perfectly fine. Like she was perfectly equipped to walk on all fours. And they, so they called her the camel girl. I don't know why they chose camel. They could have chose any other four-legged animal, but I guess camels were the popular animal at the time. So she made her way into W.H. Harris Nickel Plate Circus, and she was like the star of the show. She was also very young. And when she was 16, um, she had a pitch card, which is essentially cards that the freak show uh, people would hand out that basically said their name, their age, and what their like deformity or like their talents and like essentially their business card with all their stats on it and that they would hand it out and it was like memorabilia but also for them to find work so maybe someone would find them and want them to perform at you know their restaurant or bar or wanted to be in their movie so when she was 16 her pitch card said that she was saving money or earning money and that she intended to quit the circus and go to school when she collected enough. And sure enough, um, by the time she was 17, she completely disappeared. And there was no references of her in the acting world or in the like freak world after that. So good for her. She got her money and she got to go to school. Um, another famous one would be uh, Stephen Brebowski, who was the lion, Lionel the Lion-Faced Man. Which you might have seen pictures of him. It's a man who has hair all over his body. On his face, on his nose, like everywhere. So he was born in 19, I mean, 1891 in modern day Poland. And he was an ordinary boy. He did happen to have thick hair. And it wasn't until he was a little bit older that it started to grow all over his body. Um, and the story was that his mother was convinced that the reason he was that way was because her, his father, so her husband, was attacked by a lion when she was pregnant. So that somehow made her son look like a lion. That's how the story goes, but no one can <laughs> exactly say if that is true, but... That is how the story goes. Um, so when he started to like grow hair and look odd, his mom said, oh, this is a monster, and then gave him away to a German entertainer group. Um, and in reality, we know now that he had uh, hypertrichosis, um, which is like what we also call it like werewolf syndrome, which is essentially hair growing over the body all over the body, which isn't really dangerous um, to the health. It's just like, you know, something that people deal with. And another one is Annie Jones, who was the bearded lady. Um, she was also the youngest of all like the bearded ladies around. So she uh, toured with P.T. Barnum and she started when she was only nine months old. So she already had a beard at nine months old. <laughs> um, they also called her things like monkey girl because of her hair. But 
other than that, like, all she had was a beard. <laughs> um, but, of course, she became very popular in the business. And she used that to kind of, like, protect other freak show people. And she was very against using the word freaks. Uh, and she fought a lot to get, like, other freak show people paid their actual dues. So that's good. So um, nowadays, this isn't something that we would have. <laughs> of course, now we're far more accepting and understanding. And like our understanding of like a medicine is extraordinarily better, especially since the 16th century. But even just socially, this is not something that if your friend was like, hey, I'm going to a freak show, you want to come with me, you wouldn't automatically, like, jump on board on that. You would, like, think about it for a little bit. Um, but I've seen people argue that we still have these things, especially on the internet, because there's nothing that stops people who still have, um, like, whether, like, it's a deformity or, like, whatever it might be to you know have a blog or you know put videos up on the internet and essentially make their own show and profit off the fact that they have these things because they are interesting they are intriguing especially when it's something that we don't deal with ourselves we want to know how do these people like go about their daily lives so people argue that that's still a form of it it's just those people are in control of it themselves rather than, hey, I can't find a job anywhere. I'm going to go with this manager who does not care about me. He's going to take all my money and maybe abuse me or whatever. It's those people are in charge of their own fate. So I think that's really interesting. Sadly, we're reaching almost the end of the show. I feel like I had one more thing I wanted to say. But I cannot remember it at this time. So if I do think of it later, um, you'll be able to find it on this show's social medias, which are Instagram at theriosity88.9 or theriosity.tumblr.com. I am working on posting all my past shows and putting up more information, links for you guys if you want to dive more into what I'm talking about, pictures future show topics of course you guys can contact me give me show ideas maybe you want to be on the show i'm open to that too but of course all shows do come to an end sadly i want to thank you guys all for listening to this show here on KUCI 8.9 fm in irvine and i hope you all stay tuned for the next show which is the art club with ali it's going to be a good one so thank you all and stay tuned in.